Ninja Kid, join forces with the Junior Champion of Justice. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. And I'm Sam. Guys, we're talking about Ninja Kid today. Good. (laughs) Thank you for the one woo. I can understand the the little silence, though. Everybody's a little concerned having played some of the other Bandai Tose games and uh, third parties just looking really bleak right now. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, You know, I think... um, what was the low point I, so far for you guys? Was it was it muscle or was it tag team? It was tag team. I think it's tag I think, team. I think tag team. Yeah, muscle uh, at least had character. What yeah. muscle had character? Yeah, muscle yeah. actually yeah. had character. Muscle was the one with the characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, confused. Characters. They were just the two bad games we recently played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's Chubby Cherub too, which is. Uh, but that, like, you know, that felt like a game. Yeah, it at least looks you, like a game. As long as you mute the music, yeah. because it repeats after like one minute. Oh, well, right. I mean, the, if we're going to talk about music, yeah, yeah, this is this a good is, game this is also about. a good, <laughs> good segue. <laughs> no, 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 let's not, let's not jump right there first. Uh, Ninja Kid at least has an interesting back of the box, but how did we actually feel about it playing it for the first time? Maybe we do some first impressions. Sean? Uh, I would say that I like the feel for this game a lot more than I did uh, the rest of the non-Mario like side scrollers or or just character action games. Like it, it's very clearly um, a post Mario game, at least with its controls and like the momentum that you kind of feel with it. I like the sort of like overworld thing it's got going and a sort of proto RPG storytelling mechanic even though it's not very deep. Um, I like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the aspects like that, but it was okay in pra- in practice. All right, Joe. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was pretty optimistic right away because the, that because of the map, the overworld map, it kind of gave it a feel of like an adventure and you go into the levels and I mean, whether or not that whole feel of adventure delivered in the end is a different story, but like right away it was like, Oh, this feels like it's, I'm going on a quest and that's the kind of game I like. Um, so kind of along the same lines as uh, Chubby Cherub, it, this kind of felt like what I was expecting NES games to be like, you know, in that it it just felt like a pretty kind of not run of the mill video game because that's I feel like that's not really fair at this point. But um, from today's standards, kind of what you'd expect if you're like watching a movie about a kid in the 80s playing some obscure video game, I feel like this one would fit, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, I think like what John was saying that it feels very solid in moving around and, you know, it looks nice. Yeah. Overall, it was, I was pretty, pretty pleased initially. Yeah. I mean, I, I was incredibly worried going into this game <laughs> just because I see that Bandai thing again. And, uh, you know, just a reminder that Bandai only holds the licenses for these games. They're not making them. That's Tose. So it doesn't help that Tose also made all these games too. So when we're talking about, uh, Ninja Kid, the first thing was like, oh, is this going to be like the rest of them? But I think that this game is not like the rest of those. And I actually had a really good time with this one, uh, even right from the get-go, because it was more like Super Mario Brothers. I really appreciated that overworld map, which Super Mario Brothers didn't even have yet. I mean, that's yeah. like a Super Mario Brothers 3 thing. Mm-hmm. And I think also the the scrolling mechanic, uh, you know, it's an infinite scroller. Yeah. You just keep going left to right. Yeah. But there is kind of like a, a spatial awareness of like where you are on that 
on that map, you know, you kind of see where the loop is and stuff like that. So I thought that was like nice to be able to go back and forth. If you saw an enemy that you might have missed, you could run back real fast and they might still be there, provided you haven't like <laughs> mm-hmm. ran too far off. Yeah. So I appreciated this game on just like its fundamentals, but maybe now, you know, like we should talk about the objective and then, you know, probably we're going to get into the the flaws of the game uh, pretty quickly after we talk about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, the objective for Ninja Kid, it's like, it's kind of weird because there's not really a lot of story given to you, but you're the Ninja Kid uh-huh. and you have to like hit up these temples across the overworld map where different things will happen. It'll be like guerrilla warfare or dogfight or um, inferno uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like right. i don't know what those things mean and the uh, objectives are pretty unclear but the good news is is that there's only like four different possibilities and once you learn them once you know how to do them for each one and well you said it's really good, sorry they're not really that difficult to learn like it's maybe it throws you off a little bit that there's no explanation the, but like, the, the tower not towering inferno the the inferno one is kind of hard to figure out what you're supposed to do blazing yeah. inferno and i would yeah. say that the poison field one too which is the only one we haven't mentioned yet yeah. that's when you're collecting spirits and i think that like if you don't get that one first, you might assume that those things are enemies and yeah. shoot yeah, them instead right. of collect them. I, I do agree that the poison field was tough. Uh, the Blazing Inferno, I thought, uh, maybe maybe I just got lucky, but... I honestly thought that that, that candle or, like, the, the, the lighter or whatever the was something that was going to hit me and Yeah, and me. I kept uh, running I away from it, and it kept following me. Yeah. I, yeah. I think maybe we, you know, because I think that covers the objective for now. There are There is more to the game, but I think that's all you really need to know to get started. Maybe we go through each kind of... Thing you yeah, know, sure. so let's start with Poison Field. Okay, um, so Poison Field, uh, you are in a kind of bland side-scrolling uh, background. There really isn't yeah, too much. There's a couple of different backgrounds depending on how yeah, it goes. But I there think. aren't too many levels. I mean, no, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah, and they're mostly the same structure. Like, yeah. the graveyard I think has like a little bit thicker platforms than say the forest level, but yeah. for the most part, it is the same. There might be a tree every once in a while that you can climb up on, but right. you're kind of just at the bottom of the screen, uh, going around with uh, very small rolling objects on the on the ground those are your only real enemies if you unless you take too long and um there are these wispy white souls that you have to collect and once you get 10 then some doors open up in the ether i'm sorry open up in the ether and uh you go back to you, you either go to um a post-level, like, mini-boss, or you go back to the uh, overworld. What did you guys think those spirits were, like, the first time you saw them? Because I... I, I thought, thought they were enemies. I thought first. they were enemies. You can you can destroy them too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely thought. Yeah, and you can destroy them Which on accident. That, it like, won't count towards your total. Yeah, that really throws me uh, off. Yeah, I, I think you do for for poison field. You do have to kind of accidentally stumble upon the fact that you can collect those. Like, it doesn't help yeah. that everything else in the game is a one hit kill. Yeah, right. that's so you're kind of afraid to touch them. I think right. that this is stuff that you would have to discover in these ways if you didn't read the manual, right? Oh, like, totally. Manual I mean, the manual does cover this stuff. Yeah, I just think that like a lot of people. It's not intuitive. Especially with these games, too. I mean, has anybody ever seen the Ninja Kid box? Like, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, those things <laughs> weren't really like cartridge. as well kept as <laughs> right. like the, the original Nintendo games. Like, everybody's seen the Super Mario Brothers box, but that's just because it's like a game worth preserving. Ninja Kid's <laughs> kind of an obscurity right, right. now. <laughs>
I can take uh, Blazing Inferno. Yeah, okay, was, so let's do Blazing was, Inferno uh, next. That was probably my favorite. I mean, I just thought it was one of the one of the cooler uh, concepts in the level. So basically, your the level can change a little bit. I know one of them was like uh, was like a series of skulls and um, in the background, but uh, but you're running around and you have this tiny little flame that follows you and. It follows you sort of at a distance and it follows you kind of loosely. So you have to go around and light candles basically by getting ahead of the candle enough where this flame following you will will drag past the candle. And it's um, not so like fluid that just like the flame is going through the candles. You have to kind of platform right, yourself and jump around yeah, to get the right, candle very, to be lit. Yeah, the, the candle's following you very loosely. So it's very like floaty. So it doesn't, uh, which I thought was kind of impressive. Yeah. I mean, I know nothing about developing a game for the NES, but just in my knowledge, I can't think of anything that like that yeah, connects was, to your character in that like floaty manner. It was cool AI. One thing I liked about that level was that you can, they kind of have it set up so that they know you, that the candles are always next to you, not on top of you. So sometimes there'll be like a little platform that you have to make a jump that's in between two bottomless pits or something. And so they know that you have to make that jump to get to this one that's not over that. It's like over one of the pits or uh -huh. something. So they know it's like kind of not that it's challenging to be like aware spatially of where everything is, but you just kind of have to think about it just a little bit more than you usually would in like a go here. Yeah. Because the thing is I, there. I think yeah. you're touching on something here that not is explaining this. The no, right no, no. Way, but I think but, you're touching yeah. on something about this game that is kind of cool and worth talking about that. This is like rogue light like not rogue like but rogue light in the sense that like every time you play this game it's a different experience yeah you know like the levels aren't the same each time you don't know what your overworld map is going to look like mm -hmm. you don't you know like you don't know if it's going to be a guerrilla warfare stage when you enter in and you don't know which backdrop you're really going to get unless it's like you know if you're in the forest stage you're gonna have the forest backdrop but like yeah you know i think a lot of this game is kind of cool in like an early early Binding of Isaac, like uh, Isaac or whatever you want. To, yeah, I, I know Sean. Sean cringes, but I always say Isaac because I do that double A thing. I know, I know. But I think like that's really cool. Something interesting about this game that we haven't seen. You know, like imagine if Super Mario yeah. Brothers was procedurally generated every time you I think play that, it. But the the problem is the only reason like the procedural generation is cool for like a replay value sort of thing. But that's also why there really isn't anything iconic about. Except for the mechanic itself, these levels have nothing going on for them. They have like yeah, random, right. not not random, but uh, less than less than creative platforming patterns. Yeah, they're yeah. not they're not like specifically designed to be like this is a challenging part. And yeah, this is a, yeah, yeah. I know what you're and I think that if it wasn't for the one, because I, I think that the one life, like the one hit KO thing, it kind of has like benefits in this format but that doesn't make it better it's you know? very frustrating to die that way and it's also like common for the time do you know what i mean yeah. like, like one hit kills are kind of like established because there's not at this lot. point but i hear yeah. what you're saying because there's like not a lot of substance behind those like rogue light elements and so when you replay it again it's like oh okay there's this part gotta get a little better at this part but it's not like i don't know it's 
It, it could have used yeah. a feature like Super Mario Brothers had, where at the very least you could have some kind of power up that would say like, "Okay, you can get hit once, and then you're well, back they, down." They do have the invincibility, right? But right. And, and that is cool, but that's more like the star than yeah, the mushroom. Last. You know, yeah. it doesn't last. Like, like if you're good at the game and you get like the mushroom, you're gonna <laughs> last through most of the game with the mushroom. You know, in this game, the invincibility can only save you for yeah. so long. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that the uh, like the replayability has going against it for this game is that so when I was playing it, you know, there are three or there are several. There are like maybe four or five different levels per map. Uh, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Um, and then you beat the map and you move on to map two and map three and map four. Um, so I was kind of getting excited. I was like, oh, this is fun enough. Like, maybe I'll beat this game. Um, and then I was on like map five and map six. I was like, maybe I'll just look up how many maps there are first. Right. I think there are 25, I, 25 I, maps with like five each. I was like, well, that's too many. Like, I probably won't sit down and play through this game now. So the replayability is kind of doesn't really matter because I didn't even well, finish the game. You're supposed to fail, I think, is the thing. You know, I don't I think, think they made it. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying. They didn't make it so that you could win. But I mean, there is an ending to the game. And I, I watched it on YouTube. It was part of a Let's Play. Let's Play Ninja Kid. Part sixty nine, okay, <laughs> nice. Not yeah, no, nice. But like, also just like it's telling that an NES game has sixteen that needs to be broken up into sixty nine parts. And the funny thing about it is, you get to the final world, which is very much the same like any of the other worlds, and you get to the final Shangri La, or I don't know if that's how you say it, but Shangri La form, and you fight it, and then when you kill it, it just says. The end, like really fast across the screen, and then go straight to the menu, Whoa. like right back into the menu, <laughs> and it's like that's it, no closure. I think that they didn't really program the idea of an ending, which is weird because they had the VN thing, but you can actually see after you defeat the final boss, two doors like spawn that you could like oh. you know use to exit just for the uninformed on any of these stages once you complete the goal of the stage so whether that is to light all the candles or collect all the poison all the spirits in the poison field the idea is, is that the doors would open up and so that's how you get back out to the overworld you yeah. can't just like say okay mission accomplished like you still have to survive it until you get through the doors and so to see the doors in, yeah. the, in the boss stage is at the end of the game, but you're not able to right, enter them. Is yeah. just like I, is I, that I programming thing? Poor programming, and not, I like, don't think they, they expect more. that many people to get there. Right? They clearly didn't get there. Yeah. They wouldn't have noticed that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm sure it was a programming thing, but that's something that if I was a kid, that would have been like yeah. more to me. Yeah. I would have been like, what is beyond? There's secrets beyond those doors. <laughs> yeah. right, like, you have to land in just right. the perfect <laughs> spot so that the door. Actually, I bet that actually could be something. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is, unless yeah, it's, it's programmed just where the doors will never like spawn where you are you know Maybe, like that yeah. could be a thing because i've never had that happen to yeah, me in a level but we're getting a little bit off because we were talking about the stages so i'd like right. to stay on that if that's okay but sam i think you had a thought um it was about no, the replayability it was, and... it was about the doors okay so yeah, we can go ahead yeah uh do does it matter which door you go in no I, yes, as far as does. i know oh well one one door leads to the like you said before one door oh, leads like, to the boss and the other door I don't think you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, there might be a way you know. Cool, okay, that was something I, t- I yeah. totally didn't notice. I never noticed, but that is kind of cool, and I don't even know if that's true, but I love it. Like, <laughs> Me neither. Because you'd never be able to really prove it, because you're just like, oh, that time yeah. I went through the door that didn't have the big boss. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I, I read the manual after I played the game. I think that was in the manual. It might have been, gotcha. been when I was like searching stuff about it later. But it's been a while since I read the manual, so I can't. Uh-oh. I'm not the Manuel Smith. Yeah. Take a time out real quick. I'm going to look it up. 
All right, so I uh, magically pulled out my trusty Ninja Kid manual, and I found that after Ninja Kid clears each of the four fields, two doors will appear. One door leads to Demon Island map. The other leads to Demon Hell. So, uh, if you clear any of those, then yeah, you can randomly go to the the, the mini-boss, or you'll... Show up back That's on the cool. screen. I never thought of it as Demon Hell. <laughs> Demon <laughs> Hell. I, I, I have to be honest, I did not read the manual for this game at all. And that's kind of like disappointing to me because I think this game actually like, and I had a good time with it. So I think I would have had maybe even a better time if I would have known some of these little things. Yeah. I mean, I read the manual and I must have glossed over that originally. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Joe, for that very interesting fact. You uh, got it. Sam, do you want to talk about dogfight? I would love to. So maybe you explain that that's a mode. And yeah, not just so like dogfight dog is a mode. You know, you uh, <laughs> dogfight in like the airplane sense, not in the dogfight sense. Yeah, yeah, they really, yeah. They couldn't choose. They they chose really primal sounding things yeah. for all of these. So for dogfight, you are on I think a magic carpet. It seems like it's a magic carpet. It, it looks like a magic carpet. Yeah, you're on I think a blue magic carpet, and you have to destroy these little i'm not sure what they are they're like little bird well, you can destroy worms. anything on the stage though correct it's, yeah but there's most, but of, most little, of them are like those yeah it's like bird worm things yeah, they're like bird worms. every enemy yeah, in this game every enemy in this game besides like frankenstein is hard to describe yeah, yeah. there's a frankenstein there's yeah, a frankenstein in the, in the cyclops stages yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's just like, you know, they just did like as many random, like, right. okay, so one thing, sorry, Sam, to no, cut off okay. your dogfight thing, but like, we need to talk about how this wasn't ever the game on the Famicom. Like, on the Famicom, this was based on like a manga. And they all it, seem to be, don't they? Right. Uh, well, I mean, it's a Bandai thing, I think. So okay. they were, they made the games for Famicom because that was a big success. And then they saw how well it was doing in the West, probably. And they were like, hey, let's get some of those games on there. Yeah. So they just figured out a way to reskin them because chances are no one was reading a Japanese-only manga in the West and being like, I can't wait for that game to come out on the <laughs> NES. <laughs> so, the funny thing here is that they had to completely like translate the game into something they thought Americans would want, such like Ninja Kid. And Demon Hell. Yeah, and, and Demon Hell and stuff like that, and it's like, and just like the inclusion of Frankenstein and all these other like obscure like horror monsters, and like the whole game is actually kind of like it. Our first taste of horror on the NES because, so. you know, Castlevania will definitely scratch that itch. But this is before Castlevania's time and definitely, like, f- fulfills the same look and feel. It's early horror potpourri. But what is Ninja Kid doing in all of this? In all of he's this? fighting like, the bad demons. Yeah. Okay, but he's like, I, I don't know. I just didn't think, like, ninjas fought. Mike, like monsters. ninjas just fight. <laughs> yeah, in general, just the code. I think we need to get back to yeah. dogfight. But I will say, for a ninja, he's not very sneaky. There's no, not. There's, there's no, no stealth. stealth. In this yeah, game. Yep. I, I think he's Mike, agile, you pointed oh, out because maybe that's where they. Yeah, go. I okay. said that at one point. Like he doesn't do anything like a ninja, but you said it's like oh, it's, it's it seemed you felt like it was more about like. Waiting for your moment to dodge and waiting when to jump on something and things yeah, like that. I definitely I like, I think that, that the easiest way to die in this game is to just rush through anything right. and be like, I'm unstoppable, I'm a right. ninja, because you're the most fragile thing in the game. You know, like, you, anything kills you, don't touch anything, you know, it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to do it that way. So I, that's what I was suggesting right. is wait for the monsters to approach you. They all have right. projectiles, so don't get too close to them. You won't have time to jump. And, the, you know, since we're talking about the jump, I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good. You know, but I think there, sorry. No, there, it's okay. There is no jump in the dogfight level. No, there, yeah, you can't jump off the magic There's, carpet. Yeah, so if, can I 
Yeah, get back, back, please get, get back get to back it. Into, so in the dogfight level, you are on this magic carpet and you're kind of floating around. And I feel like the floating around on the magic carpet isn't as doesn't feel as good as, you know, jumping around and running around. It's rigid, but I think yeah. on purpose. Yeah, because that's I mean, that's part of the, you know, part of the skill. But I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like making it more difficult to move and having that be like a gameplay feature is not really you know kind of right. like a cut in corners kind of way would you argue but, that it was already kind of difficult to aim at those enemies in yeah, the yeah. dogfight levels yeah well the projectiles aren't like exactly straight on correct they kind of like do a weird well it's some of them thing there's or... there's the one enemy that sends them in every direction and that guy i feel like is just hard to get past because you're not hard but your move your movement isn't great and he throws so many projectiles yeah, too it's like he's it's covering like ten, a it's diagonal. like 10 of them like, yeah. you know yeah, for every burst or something, uh, and you so you just gotta kill enemies. And that's that's pretty much it. There are power ups also. Yeah, um, I, I'm not. I get mixed up with which ones are in which levels, though. I'm it's not, okay. I yeah. think I think power ups is like we'll talk about that separately. But one thing I wanted to mention about dogfight that it kind of like makes it harder for you the longer you delay killing enemies. Whereas like guerrilla guerrilla warfare didn't really like you can run away from the enemies and they'll kind of like despawn, mm-hmm. but. If you leave enough enemies on the screen in dogfight, especially those guys that like shoot the diagonals and stuff like that, you're gonna have a really hard time yeah. dodging all that. Then you're stuff. in a bullet hell game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it's you don't. It's not designed like that. I mean, no. we're gonna get to 1942, but you know, in this game, it's not. You're not supposed to be dealing with that kind of uh, attacks and trying to dodge them. So that would bring us to Guerrilla Warfare, the final level, but definitely sounds like the most intense. <laughs> However, I find it to be the easiest. Yeah, it seems to be yeah. the most basic, kind of. Right. It's like what you would... It, it's just the running and gunning part. Yeah, you're yeah. just... You have to kill, you're like, ten enemies, I think, is usually what it what it prescribes for you to do. Mm-hmm. This is the level where I find the most power-ups. Yeah. Uh, and I think something that's cool about the power-ups is that they really get a chance to shine in this level because, you you know, there's a lot of open space between you and the enemies. You can kind of figure out what they do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of cool that they took a note from Super Mario Brothers with the power-ups as well. But this is something completely different because there's so many power-ups. I mm-hmm. mean, we were talking about the the mushroom, the fire flower. Those were, like, the, the power-ups of Super Mario Brothers. The other stuff's just, like, bonus things that give you, like, a one-up or temporary invincibility. In this one, you can get, like, invincibility. You can throw, like, a fire. You can... Uh, speed boost. Yeah, speed boost. Yeah. The speed oh, yeah. boost one is kind of kind of crazy, though. Like, I don't know if I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where are you trying to go? Yeah, <laughs> you're no you're not, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, and then they have just different projectiles, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can throw shurikens. You, you usually throw knives, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's and, also a ninja quality. Of right. course. If we're, if we're yeah. still debating why it's a ninja game. <laughs> One thing I want to talk about is those, uh, they call them flutes, but they're obviously ocarinas. Did anybody collect those things? I did. I just don't, don't know what they did. So I think you're the only one I haven't told okay. uh, before the recording the show. But what's really cool is that collecting those in the boss battles, 
you can use them to summon familiars to help you attack the boss. Oh, okay. Can, so you're the witch. You're a witch ninja. I mean, you do stop at the witch's yeah, house, right? You before I guess you, that makes sense, yeah. Which, again, makes no sense. What is the ninja kid doing at well, the witch's well, house? Like, hey, what witch are cool ninja. things? Yeah. We'll put them all yeah, in the yeah. game. Witches. We're talking about uh, evil potpourri. It's fine. Right. <laughs> also, uh, since you've told me about these familiars, like this, uh, that actually makes me want to play this again. It doesn't make me want to play through the whole game, but it makes me want to give it a try again. Because that's like a... There are already a lot of little features in this game, and that's another one that's, you know, I, that seems like it would be cool to explore. I think uh, one thing that's interesting about the familiars is that they seem kind of like you might think that they're game breaking or something like that, but they're only on the screen for like so little time. And it's kind of weird that as far as I know, you can only summon them during the boss battles. I think like you get the ocarinas enough that you might be able to just use them on everything. It might just help you like auto play the game, <laughs> you know, but there was there was like a unicorn and a bird. These things all have names. I don't know them. But they were the three boxes in the bottom left of your boss battle. If you noticed in the bottom yeah. right, there's the health bar. How do you and, use them? And it seems like the manual says that it's actually a whistle, not those ocarinas that you get. And you only get the whistle by completing nine out of the ten objectives in each field. And then you're kind of like rewarded with that right before you get to the boss. And then you can either summon Pegasus, which is a the Pegasus, you know, it's like a, that's like a unicorn thing, right? It's like a it's horse with a wings. It's not a unicorn at all. Yeah, it doesn't have the... Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and defend that. Um, <laughs> the whistle is the ocarina, Wait, so though. Like, just okay. like, it looks the same. I don't know if it is that. They, but basically, you would just select it. You know, oh, okay. like how you In can your, toggle through your weapons, I think, yeah, with B okay. or something, and then you press A. And so you can either get Pegasus, the big eagle was another thing, big and, eagle. The and old witch. That yeah. was that's the third. So, so friends that are listening, just know that like if we don't if you don't suspect that we've paused and read the manual, you'll probably assume that we're just lying to you about a lot of things. We're feeding you false information about ocarinas and whistles. <laughs> yeah, and there is no ninja game. There is no, no ninja game. game. <laughs> <laughs> this is just something we came up with like five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, what, a bad, what a bad game we came up with. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I don't think yeah, I don't think we're actually talking about too many of the flaws. So does anybody want to talk about some beefs they had with this game? I have a, I have a, you know, it's, it's more of a disappointment of, so like I said, with my initial impression, I thought that it was going to be really cool because it puts you on this overworld map and sort of gives you this illusion that you have like some freedom to choose where you're going and what levels you're going to do. And it does, you know, I do appreciate that attempt at like immersion overall, like the whole overworld map thing is really just a way of selecting levels. Like it doesn't really give you any sort of extra like freedom or like. It's more of like an aesthetic thing in the mm-hmm. end, um, so that was a little disappointing. I was no, kind of I do agree because that. it's also kind of like after a while, it's just tedious. It's like I don't even like just get me to the next right. stage. Like right. I don't yeah. want to walk through right. this. If something interesting was happening, sure. And that I want to hear the those five notes over and over. To, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is it is it better than Not at all. That's yeah. That's don't complain about those four notes too much because that's your only like period of maybe peace. that's why they put it in right it's yeah. like a break it's from like, the other song like, only, okay give them a break yeah. we only have one song for the levels so let's give them a little break yeah the, was, uh, for map. all the variation that's in this game they really could have done with some more music you know yeah I think maybe I don't want to keep giving the excuse of like oh it's a memory issue but like it just seems lazy that like oh we got 
we got 10 total seconds of music. This is good enough yeah. for the game. Yeah, I, I think I, I don't think it is a memory issue for something like that, just because yeah. we've seen bigger libraries already. Yeah, yeah exactly. Music, so um, who can say? I, I definitely think that's one of my biggest beefs with the game is the music. And, you know, we just had that argument like a long time. What was it like? Must have been on Wrecking Crew or something like that. Where we were talking about, I was like, music makes 30% of a game, right. so I automatically have to give this like a 70 because I hate the music. <laughs> yeah. I would say that my my beef with this game is I think that it shouldn't have not be the structure of this game. The whole, like, let's play a bunch of mini levels um, that have very narrow focuses. I think that the character, with its the way the character controls and with the the shooting mechanic, I think that this should have been a more handcrafted level design where mm-hmm. it's just a get to the end of the level sort of game where there are enemies on platforms that have strategic value and not just this semi-procedural, like semi-random assortment of like, okay, kill these 10 things and then move on. Like, I think this could have worked as a much shorter game that had better level design. It's it's kind of weird how it's like, what if Super Mario Brothers just never ended? Like, yeah. let's just make that. One thing I wanted to talk about is, does anybody think it's weird that we're already seeing like, Super Mario Brother copies like this early too. It's it's only been like a year, and here is we it a are. Copy with, if it's just I don't, like, I don't think it's, it's like a copy, a, but I'm saying it's clearly taken cues from it. You know, oh yeah, Super yeah. Mario Brothers is such an influential game, and here we have a game already like one year later that we can see is clearly like taking notes from it already. Oh yeah, um, I I believe it. I mean, you see that in game design even today. Like, I think I don't know what the first game that did. Uh, um, you get shot and then your screen goes red and then you hide behind cover for a few seconds and then you're A-OK again. I think but that was a Call of Duty. Was it Call of Duty? Because then every AAA first-person shooter started doing that the next year. Right. So and they also, did, did they do the kill cam too or was that kill cam. Like Counter-Strike? Oh, I, I Just like seeing was, how you died. Seeing how you died. I think the kill cam was Call of Duty as okay, well, but yeah, I yeah. could be wrong. I mean, even, you know, a more, much more recent example is kind of like every game needs Battle Royale mode now, yeah, you exactly. know, and that was like something that yeah. didn't exist Every game three needs years crafting. Ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it, so, I mean, it, these things happen quickly. I think that maybe that's one thing that hasn't changed uh, in, the in, in the game industry is how quickly things that seem to work will catch on a- across the board. But I think on like a mechanical level, it's interesting to see like this kind of clear, you know, clear. Not I don't want to say copy because I do think Ninja Kid does a lot of things differently. Yeah. But just seeing like, oh, this playing it and saying this feels like Super Mario Brothers yeah. as you're playing it. The last thing that I will say in argument for this not being, a, again, not a copy is um, it's such a clear improvement over what came before it that if a game decided to do anything differently, I think it would be all the worse off for it. Sure. I think that's a good point. An improvement, just because improving in the same direction doesn't mean it is uh, just trying to rip it off or anything like that. Any stray thoughts? Um, I think that the one hit to die mechanic is bad. I think at least two hits. They should feel bad. They should feel (laughs) bad. No, I mean, it's just, it makes the game kind of... Just not fun. It's a, it's a problem. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's a problem we're going to run into a lot because we're not at that stage yet where Blockbuster exists, but we're getting there. And a huge problem for video game developers was that they would spend all this time making the games and people could just rent them from Blockbuster as opposed to buying them. They'd be robbed of the sale 
and then Blockbuster could just get the game back and you could rent it again through them. Mm-hmm. Nintendo actually winds up suing Blockbuster down the line. I do not recall whether they won or not, but we'll get to that when it happens. <laughs> I think what's interesting here is just that we're already kind of seeing that problem where it's like you're making the game harder than it has to be, not through like just design choice. Like, think about it. The, the ninja kid, the kid who's supposed to go through 35 stages, <laughs> gets one hit killed by anything, and he's only given three lives. Right. It yeah. sounds like you're padding your game to make it last a lot longer than it should. I don't know how much. I mean, now we're just getting into, like, the theory of early game design. I Which is fine. Yeah. I think nostalgia can go wherever it wants. Yeah. I, I don't know how much of that was... Um, a clear choice of like, oh, we have to make it so that they can play this game for more than 15 minutes. Um, and maybe it was that originally, but I, I think that where Ninja Kid stands in like the, the timeline of these games, I think right now it's only based on precedent. Every game like this has sort of started with like, all right, one hit kills and three lives. So I think when they sat down and t- took a look at their design document, the given was one hit kills and three lives. So because of just that's just how it's always been. Yeah. I don't think that they were in the in the business of innovation for this game. Right. right. <laughs> uh, OK, speaking of this game on the timeline, maybe we talk about our essential games list. All right, it's our essential games list. You know what that is by now, so let's just talk about it, guys. Ninja Kid, is it worthy of still playing on the NES today, knowing that you have access to all these other games? Sean. No, it's clearly inferior to Mario and games that came after it that have similar, um, different, unique bits to it. There was a lot about it that... I was excited for that had promised like the the different mission types and the overworld and, and, and all that stuff, the, the power-ups and whatnot. Um, but overall it doesn't really deliver on all those. It gets a little, it gets a little tedious um, not to ramble, but I do want to say that I, I feel like it is a game that if I had it when I was a kid, I would have, it would have been one of those games where I'm like, I, I want to beat Ninja Kid because it just, Back then, it's like there's you only have Susan. There's only you know the repetitiveness doesn't bother you as much, and it feels maybe I would have kind of been a little more fooled by like that sense of event- adventure than I am now with all these other options around me. So this game is not essential. I think that it's not super fun to play. It's I think it's interesting as a sort of window into this time period where there are Super Mario not copies but. You know, like Sean was saying, you can see the elements of Super Mario in this game. And I think that only really if you're interested in that from like a history perspective, should you play this game? Because otherwise it's just kind of just kind of whatever. It's not bad, but it's not good. There was a lot that I liked playing about this game while I was playing it. And then, you know, we had a week off to kind of like think about this game. And I think where I wound up is... I only like this game because I played such garbage the other weeks leading up to it. I think so. Like, how would I have felt if this was a replacement for a different NES launch title? You know, I mean, obviously, if it was Stack Up or something like that, I'd be like, great, you know? (laughs) But I do think, you know, like, it's better than Kung Fu for me. And and that was an NES launch game. So I kind of want to say play it. I'm definitely not giving it an essential, and I think Sean kind of like nailed it right off the bat. If Super Mario Brothers is essential, 
and this is worse. You don't play this. Like this isn't essential. Like you, ha- if you want to get on our list now, you ha- uh, on a platformer basis. I think you have to be up to up to par. I, I don't know Super if Mario I would say Brothers. Super Mario Brothers is the entry level because Super Mario Brothers is pretty high up. There. I didn't I think- mean entry level. I'm talking about we're well, saying a game like that is essential. So can right. we really put something below it on essential? Yeah, you have to say like I can either play this platformer or platformer or Super Mario Bros. And if it's not different enough. Then, I, I yeah. guess I, I still disagree a little bit. I, I agree that this doesn't belong on there, mm-hmm. but I don't think that there could be another platformer that's almost as good as Mario and well, still th- deserves to be. I think what uh, what um, what Sam just said of if it's not different enough either. Either I mean, like I know this is a different game, very much so, but right. it's also the quality and the uniqueness right. is nowhere. I, I see. Okay. I see. Yeah. yeah. If there's another, yeah. if there's another almost exact Super Mario Brothers, but it's a little worse, then it's like, yeah, just play Super Mario. Brothers. I also That's think that saying. there are yeah. there are better games than Super Mario Brothers on this console, and I'm not going to have a hard time finding them. I'm just saying that, yeah, I think in terms of what Ninja Kid brings, like like Sean said, it is different enough. Doesn't mean that the different things about it were quality. Yes. Yeah. And so right. what I was kind of getting at is. You know, I would say play this now because I thought it was a pretty unique experience, but I think I might even change it to skip it down the line where we start to uncover more games. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know if I could really I don't know where this stands for me after we play like a couple hundred more NES games. But right now, though, I did enjoy it. And I do think that it's worth giving it a try if you listen to this episode and want to see what it's all about. You know, I think. For me personally, it was kind of fun to boot up every now and again and go through like a different kind of run. It never held my attention for more than like three worlds, but I did keep going back to it. Yeah. And that's all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. Join us next time for 1942 and be sure to play it yourself if you can. For more Nostalgia, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen, and be sure to check out NostalgiaCast.com. That's N-E-S-T-A-L-G-I-A-Cast.com. We got a lot of interesting stuff on there. I'm talking blog posts for every game. Maybe you'll find out if NES baseball is haunted. Maybe you'll find some really cool ROM acts or a little lesson about your man, Shigeru Miyamoto. Other than that, though, there's all sorts of other platforms that we're on, and you can find those on the website. Thank you so much for your support of Nostalgia. We thank you for spending time with us. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter, and I'll talk to you soon. Did you swallow a sneeze? Yeah. Very good save. That's exactly what that was. Very good save. Killing brain cells for the cause. (laughs) Killing brain cells for the cause. Killing brain cells and taking names. Susan G. Komen for the cure. I'm here to do audio and kill brain cells, and I'm all out of brain cells. (laughs) (laughs) You deleted it? Yeah, everything. Nice. I actually deleted iTunes. Nice. I deleted iTunes. What'd you think, Joe? Good. It was a good episode. Long. It was. How long was it? How long? Uh, almost 40 minutes. That's How a, long is a Chinese good. name? Uh, many indeterminate.
No, how long is the Chinese name? Long is a fairly Chinese name. How long is the? <laughs> yeah, that was like a dad joke. Most, like intense, like sun post like storm sunset. Nice. Oh, wow. like, against the buildings at least. Damn. Wait, let's go. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Let's